Very good evening and welcome to another Red and Blue Review podcast with me, Ian Noble, hosting this evening alongside some familiar faces, as you can see, joining me on the screen uh, this evening. And we'll introduce the guys in a moment. But of course, uh, this is the first podcast of the Glasner era. And as the Austrian took charge of the side for the first time yesterday against relegation threatened Burnley. Yes, we'll look back at the game. Of course we will. Uh, and we'll look at our new man in the Sillahurst hot seat together with his management team. A warm welcome to everyone joining uh, the pod this, this evening, whether you are a regular watcher of the show or indeed whether you are new around here. Do remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you never miss a show. And as you can see, we've got a slightly extended panel this evening to welcome Oliver to SE25. Joining me tonight, of course, um, first up, the main man behind this pod and usually found at, ho at home games in the lower Homesdale. Good evening, Mick Philpott. How are you, my friend? Evening, everybody. Evening, Ian. I feel like Sheffield United and Burnley at the moment. I've been relegated to non-hosting. Well, you know, enjoy it while you can. I mean, oh, you really? asked me to host tonight, so I'm happy to host tonight. So there you go, because I understand you've had a busy weekend driving yes, buses I'm... around South London. Is that right? Uh, and Central London as well. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, and um, with a view from the upper, one of Ireland's finest, um, with more than a liking for Guinness, is Fergus Tidd. Hello, Fergus. How are you? Very well, thanks, everybody. Yeah, really good. great day yesterday. Yeah, great day yesterday. We had a few beers, didn't we, before and after? Yep, absolutely. Um, and um, alongside myself in the main stand at every, very nearly every away game, um, to is Mr. Paul Gear, Acker the Real Panel. Hello, Paul. How you doing? Uh, Ian, how you doing? How are you doing, everyone? Yeah, I'm good after yesterday. Yeah, can't beat uh, a day like that. Jolly good. And Paul actually watches so much football, you know, he's, he's watching all the other live games as they happen. So he is an absolute authority on everything that's happening in the Premier League and beyond. And finally, um, um, we go international, of course, tonight, uh, as we wish Aaron Mars all the way from Melbourne, Australia. A very good Monday morning to you. And I understand this morning, Aaron, you've been in the gym since 5 a.m. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> morning. <laughs> morning. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Very good. Yeah, uh, very happy after uh, three points, put it that way. Okay. And just tell everyone listening, oh, yeah, tell everyone listening how you view the Palace games most weeks. Oh, I just uh, have to, I, I either get up at 2 a.m. Uh, but sometimes if I'm feeling lazy and I don't want to like I did this weekend, I'll um, turn my phone off and watch it uh, as soon as I get out of bed. And uh, so I don't know the result. It uh, spoils it a little bit, but uh, is what it is. Very good. Very good. Uh, and also um, producing the show tonight in the background is the lovely Lucy Usher. I don't know why she's made me big and everyone else the same sort. So I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Lucy, thank you, Lucy. Um, um, and uh, she has the unenviable task of keeping us all in check this evening. So, Lucy, thank you so much for what you're doing in the background uh, tonight. Um, do please, guys, comment in the chat and ask for the panel's view on whatever is on your mind in connection with Crystal Palace Football Club. And we'll do our very best to include it in the show this evening. And, Nick, if you could keep an eye on that chat for me as well throughout tonight, that will be really, really handy. So let's get to the game, first of all. Um, let's look at, first of all, the team selection for Glasner's first game in charge at Sellers Park, um, up against Burnley. 
Um, have we got a team? We've got team selection. Is that coming up loose on a graphic? Oh, have I missed that? Uh, yeah, here we are. That's good. Perfect. Good. Uh, there we go. Fergus, talk us through that team selection. Unchanged from Everton, the, the starting 11, of course. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, uh, none of our injured players made it for this game this week. So, um, as Gladstone said in his pre-match interview, he said, uh, I've, I'm working with the same squad. Um, so, I think that kind of almost told us that it would be uh, the same team, if not very similar, and that's the way it turned out. Uh, kept Johnson in goal, which I think is, is a, a really positive move. Um yeah, and the front three of Ayu, Mateta and Edouard. So, Mateta and Edouard play together again. Um, so, uh, the best squad I think we could have put out, um, taking into account the injuries that we've got. Um, the best squad? Yeah, very positive. Fergus, pre-show, we talked a little bit about the, the weakness of our bench yesterday. Did, did that concern you in any way when you saw that bench, you know, with the likes of Luke Plange? Back in the back at Sellhurst on the bench, you know, um, a bit worrying, maybe. Uh, if we hadn't have been playing Burnley, if we'd been playing somebody else, I'd have been probably a little bit more concerned. Do you know what? I actually seen it as a positive in that I know that Glasgow likes working with, he likes bringing younger players through, and maybe he's seen something from training this week. You know, I know it's only three days, but maybe he's seen something in those players, or maybe with Roy and Ray gone, there was an opportunity for Paddy to say, look, do you know what? These guys are knocking on the door. Let's get them involved. Um, so, you know, yes, it's probably a weaker bench than normal, but there's an opportunity there for some of the younger players to, to have match day experience. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tom Williams says here, even though it was the same squad, you could see the shift in mentality even though it was only Burnley. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. Um, you know, I think that was very evident from the off, really, how how, how we set up and, and how um, how we started so much on the front foot. Um, and we nearly scored in the first minute. Um, Paul, the, the, the back pass, that was a bit of a surprise, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the goal, he obviously thought it was going in because he obviously tried to, to head it clear and he obviously knew he couldn't hold it. But, uh, yeah, no, as, as we said, I mean, the change in uh, mindset and approach and, the, and was... Evident straight from the off. I mean, I read earlier that, uh, as, as Fergus said, we were, it was always going to be the same team as Everton. He, he said he's only had three days with the club and he spent most of that in meetings rather than on the training pitch. So yep. he's always going to stick with the same thing. And I, I read earlier, actually, apparently that Roy had some input into the team on Monday, which was quite interesting. Uh, I'm not sure how true that was. Um, but yeah, it was um, the formation was definitely the biggest, the biggest change. And as, as we said pre-show, but... Going forward, he, he likes this formation. We know that from his from his history. And the wing backs are going to be crucial to our, us going forward. I think Munoz is, is shown he's uh, he's always going up and down. He's going to be great going down the wing and being forward. Hopefully, Mitchell, free from the shackles of Roy, sticking him in one place at left back and telling him not to move, will be able to give a bit of width on that side because that will free up the front three because we won't need wingers because they will effectively be the wingers. So we're going to have more players up front. So the whole outlook from the club looks to be more attack-minded, which is what he said last week, didn't he, in his conference. He said it's about scoring goals. And yes. I mean, it's music to our ears, to be honest, to hear things like that. Indeed. And he also said about getting more players into the box, didn't he? You know, he said yeah, 90% of goals are scored in the penalty area. Therefore, you need more players in the box to have you give yourself a greater probability of scoring goals. It's simple stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'll say fans have been talking about it for ages, but, you know, 
Yeah, I've said a few times on this show that oh, I remember going to Brighton, I remember going to Luton. Every time they attack, they have people bombing forward into the box. And when you watch our our third goal yesterday, it was noticeable. Even even for a third goal, usually under Royal, 2-0 up, we'd just probably let one or two go forward. <laughs> but if you watch Francis steaming forward with the ball into the box, but if you look behind him, you've got Lerma, you've got Ayu, you've got Mateo. They're all making an absolute dash for the box. And like you say, yeah. it's going to cause problems doing that. And if that's the mindset going forward, brilliant, great. Very good. We've got some questions coming in. Nick, if you, you can make a note of these, we're not, we're not going to answer them straight away. Matt Watson said, can Mitchell do what we need in that full-back role? And where does Eze fit in? Um, really good. We'll come, try and come back to that one. Nick, do you want to answer either of those now? Or? No, I'm going to do just a couple of quick things, if you don't mind me self-indulging, before we go back yeah. to the game. Um, first of all, uh, a word out to Jason Cadle. Um, how was the how was the scarf initiative yesterday, boys? I, I I didn't see it because I was late into the ground. Um, but you were in the ground early, Paul, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. There, there didn't. To be honest, there didn't seem to be as many. I remember when we first did it, there were loads of scarves. There there were a few, but it, if you hadn't known it was going to happen, you probably didn't think anything was happening. To be unfortunately. Uh, okay, thanks for that because I, was, I wasn't there, obviously, so it was uh, difficult for me to pinpoint. Um, also, in mine. <laughs> You're waving yours. Yeah, did, you, Fergus, did you make it in for kickoff? Yeah. yeah. Did you? Did you? I only just yeah. made it in for kickoff. Did you not? <laughs> no, I did make yeah, it no, in. I, I, I did I, make I, it in, but only just. Yeah, um, I saw the teams coming out. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I did as well, but only just, literally, only just. There's a massive queue on turnstiles 12 and 13. It was ridiculous. Um, but we did leave it a bit late leaving the pub, so that's probably our own fault. So there we go. There's um, lots of people, lots of people in the chat. There are some lots of new faces in here this evening. So if you are new to the Red and Blue Review, good evening. So uh, one other message that we received during the day today, Teresa and Paul Bristow actually who asked us, whoever's on the show tonight, can we also give a shout out to a guy called Magnus who travelled over from Denmark to watch the game? So Magnus, if you are watching this, welcome to the Red and Blue Review, mate. Excellent. And from Denmark to Australia, um, all the way down under. So, see what I did there, the segue there. Brilliant. Very good, mate. Professional. Aaron, what was your initial reaction when you saw the lineup and the bench? You know, what you expected to see, do you think? Yeah, I mean, nothing's going to change there, is it? I mean, all, all the boys have said it. You know, he's, he's, he's got to work with what, what he's got to work with. We've got a lot of injuries. So, yeah, I, I didn't expect that to, uh, team to change at all. I did hear rumours that uh, he might be back, but that was the only thing that I was maybe thinking would come back in. But, no, it's good to see some youngsters on the bench, obviously. As you said, they might have seen something in training that we don't. So, uh, yeah, good good to have the youth on there. And, uh, yeah, when we when we get our injuries back, hopefully we can fully stock up that bench again uh, by the end of the season. Very good, very good. Well, we started on the front foot, as I said. You know, I fed Mateta... Um, into the box. It was saved at his feet. Uh, Mateta then had his shirt pulled in the box. Nothing given. Are you crossed from the right? Edouard Volley was blocked. And then Wharton had a perfect cross for Edouard and Trafford saved well. Early exchanges, um, you know, two or three chances there. You probably call them half chances. But Fergus, um, pleased with the start we made, in, you know, attacking the White Horse in that, in that first half, do you think? Yeah, it's really positive. I mean, we've had a spate of corners. Um, it's, it's got to be a record for Palace, surely, in the first half. The amount of corners and the amount of times we were caught offside, you know, it just showed how offensive we were. Um, yeah, like you said, there, there was a few sort of half chances. I think the Edward one, that, that uh, chance on the back post, ahead of, and it, you know, Trafford made a really good save and unfortunately yeah. it bounced back off Edward and went out. But um, 
yeah, really, really positive start. And a lot, a lot of people have said in the comments, you know, you can, you can almost, you can, it's only been a few days, you can already see the change of mentality um, of the squad. It's very attacking. All of the players seem that, that they want to seem to be worth to each other. You know, not that they weren't doing that before, but more, you know, it's more intense now. You can, you can see it. It feels really positive. Yeah, totally. I, th- I agree with you. Totally more intense. Um, and it's interesting some of the stuff, and we, we may come back to this later in the show, but it's interesting some of the stuff Oliver Glasner has said in some of his early interviews. Um, he said things like, um, it, it's not about single players, it's about the team, um, it's about the collective, it's not about me, it's about everyone else, it's about my management team, it's about, you know, he, he's, he, I, he, struck, me, he struck me as a, a very humble guy early on, you know, and, and and very inclusive of everybody, um, whether you're the your gate man or whether you're the you know the fitness coach or whoever you are, you're you're really important to this football club, and you've all you've got your job to do, and you've got a part to play in it. So, um, I think I think in that sense, um, you know, he, he he we we started well because he's he's got the team together really really, in, even in such a short space of time. But come back to the game. Brownhill gets sent off in the 35th minute. Is their captain? Um, their their goalkeeper tries to play out from the back to him. He gets sort of um, caught from Lerma, and he didn't. He get, you know he pulls him back on the edge of the box, denies a goal scoring opportunity. Um, straight red card. Um, I'm going to come to each of you in turn. Was it a red card, Nick Philpot? First of all, right. I've got there's two two ways to look at this. I mean, letter of the law. I think that's straight red. However, was he actually the last man? Um, that, you could argue that he was through, okay? But what, was it a, an actual goal-scoring opportunity? Arguable, I think. I think it's arguable. Um, I don't know what anybody else thinks. Okay, let, let's come to each of you. So you're saying it, it, it shouldn't have been a red card? Is that what you're saying? Or? Well, I'm, I'm sure it was certainly a booking. I, don't, I, think, I think it was tough red if it had gone the other way, had it been the other way round, I think we would have been sitting here spitting feathers tonight. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Okay, uh, Paul, you're shaking your head. What does that red mean? Card, red card all day. It's, um, it, I mean, it came from their mistake. I mean, our first goal up at Burnley was because of their mistake. Every week they're making mistakes, which is why they are. They're not learning from them. It was a ridiculous pass to play for him. The minute, he, I mean, he, he, he anticipated it brilliantly, Lerma. He got to the ball first. And this last man, Nick, is irrelevant now. If it's, It doesn't matter if you're last. If you, it was a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. The next thing he was going to do, learn more, was shoot a goal. So it's whether there's people around him or not, that it's close enough to the goal that he's he's pulling him down when he's through on goal. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, as you say, laws of the game, it's a red card, probably the spirit of the game is a red card. So, uh, yeah, you can't complain about that one. Yeah, and, and uh, I think that, um, you know, they didn't have any complaints about it, though. You know, he, he, he turned around, he walked, you know. Um, Aaron, you watched it on TV in Australia. Um, what did the commentators say? Ah, hundred percent red card. Everyone knew it as soon as he brought him down. I completely agree with Paul there. I mean, as soon as uh, Trafford's passed him that ball, and that's what I will say: the difference between the Everton game to yesterday, where you can see that Glasner's put his stamp on that team. I'm telling you now, was the way that we pressed. We didn't press like that against Everton. I'll tell you that for a fact. We sat back a lot more, so um, we created that situation for ourselves. 
Um, you know, we press them really hard. And that's a red all day long, as, as Paul just said. Lerma's about to slot that in the back of the net. He's one on one with Trafford. So um, if he missed it, I'd have, you know, I'd have been pretty upset. But, you know, we didn't get that opportunity. So, yeah, all day red for me. And, and, and Fergus, he, he denied that goal scoring opportunity. Do you think if he doesn't foul Lerma, Lerma goes on to shoot and score in that situation? 100%. I, I think it was a blue card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we're not getting into no, that. No, there. no, it was definitely a red card. 100%. 100% red. Um, yeah, like, like I agree with, with, with what Paul just said earlier about the uh, the last man, and it, it's a goal-scoring opportunity. It doesn't matter about you know whether there are other defenders nearby. The, the keeper made a horrendous error passing that out. Van Hill should never have pulled him back. And if he hadn't done, I think he'd have scored. So, um, yeah. And, and actually, yeah. if he'd have scored, I think we'd have gone on and, and it'd probably been more than 3 0. So, um, you know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Brownhill, although they were a player down, they, they weren't a goal down because um, I agree with you. I, I think it, it, it would have been through on goal. It would have been harder for him to miss than score. Uh, therefore, it would have been 1 0, but they would have had 11 players on the pitch. Um, and. <laughs> Do you know what? I think that, you know, he did what he did, but it was the right decision. Um, and, of course, we didn't score from the resulting free kick, Edward's free kick. Um, good though it was. It was half decent attempt. I think it grazed the bar. Um, it did. Just, but it grazed it the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so it was, it was a good effort. Um, sometimes these things um just a little bit too close, aren't they? It's, it's difficult to get it up and over. Um, and you've got to be really good at that. And even the best free kick takers um, sometimes struggle from from a close to, to the edge of the area. But um, I think he was he, he was it was a good attempt by Edward for sure. Um, there, there wasn't much else that happened in the set in the first half really. Um, one thing I do want to just touch on is Munoz um, had a cross, but it was ruled offside, and, and Mitchell's shot was saved a result. And and this is uh, the first real example that I can think of where both fullbacks were involved in the attack together. Uh, um, Munoz was fed through on the right. He, he was off. Um, if you look at the steal, he, he was about a yard offside or half a yard offside. Crossed the ball, comes to Mitchell. He shot well, saved, no goal anyway. Um, but two fullbacks linking up. Um, Paul, you touched on it already. You know, the most important positions in the team. Do you want to just unpack that a little bit more for us? Because, uh, you know, I know you've got some more to say on that. Yeah, I mean, going forward, it's uh, a few of us have said with our, our good centre backs, it's been a good idea to play five at the back. When when Roy's done that, he's he's been five at the back. We've had fullbacks who are basically playing as defenders. Now, I, I think with Glasner, the way he wants to play, and one of the reasons we probably bought Munoz, and I, I imagine if we were talking to Glasner, he's probably had some input in buying him. To be honest, anyway. But the whole concept now, this is going to make our forward line a lot more compact and a lot more people up in the box, as we say, because when Roy played three up top, he had Mateta and then he had the two wide guys on out on the wing. So they're spread apart, they're far away, they can't link up. Whereas now the, with this system, we don't need wingers because the two wingbacks are going to be flying up and down the wing. So that means the three at the front can play alongside each other. So you can have two just behind the front man. So hopefully when they're fit, Eze and Elise will be behind whoever's up top. And they can they can play together more. They can flick things onto each other. They can lay it off to each other. They're all within close distance. And they haven't got to worry about getting that wide and crossing it. Cause, and I think that's why this is going to be a quite 
difficult, different shift change for the whole team. So it's going to be more of a three, four, two, one rather than five at the back. And they have the safety now of having the three centre backs. So yeah, I think we'll see Munoz and Mitchell going forward a lot, lot more and basically becoming key attackers rather than key defenders. And yeah, can only help having more people at that end of the pitch. Yeah, I, I did notice once Joel Ward um, got to move up the right flank, and then he realised he was playing centre back, and he sort of he sort of came back again <laughs> once in the first half, which did make me smile a bit. Um, so it's going to take some time, isn't it, Fergus? I think for the guys to get used to this um, formation and, and playing like this. Yeah, but just on that, I, I think Ward playing in that position, I think it's been, you know, he's looked really solid. It's probably because he's not getting done for pace now because he's. He's more central, so there's no one beating him down that, that left wing. Um, so he's, he's definitely, I think it suits him better now, um, Ward. And again, it's just cover, you know, when Mark Gee comes back, you know, we've got um, we've got plenty of cover at the back there because Ward can play there. We've still got Rob Holden um, and uh, Tompkins. So um, Six centre-backs, yeah. really, at the club, basically, is what we're saying, yeah. isn't it? Six centre-backs. Yeah. 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 Yeah, good stuff. Okay, let's move on to the second half then. Uh, going at nil-nil, and you know, I suppose there was a slight area of disappointment. It was still only nil-nil at half time, but um, you know, we, we weren't behind. That's for sure. So, so that's a positive. Um, uh, and we came out in the second half. Um, interestingly, when we came out in the second half, uh, there was a little warm-up routine that we haven't seen before. Did you did you notice that on the TV, Aaron? I I didn't know. I I've heard a lot about it though, but I didn't see it. No. Okay, well, that I was you were the wrong person to come to then for that, weren't you? <laughs> you can tell, guys, we don't rehearse this podcast at all. Paul, uh, oh, you must have seen it from the main stand. Yeah, no, they come out, they got their little hoops to jump over and go up. I mean, we've done things like this in the past, but they, people come out and just give it the lip service. And what was noticeable yesterday is Lerma and Mitchell came out a bit later after the other guys, and they deliberately went and did the training guy was with them. And he was sort of saying, no, you're a bit late, just go on the pitch. But they deliberately wanted to do it. So obviously, they don't know wants to upset the new fitness coach or the new manager. So it's <laughs> they went back and specifically did it all there. So it's, yeah, it's good to see there's obviously these new things being put in place. It's same as Everton the other day, they do this huddle again. They've gone back to doing a huddle before the match as well, which is doing all this sort of high-fiving before the game as well, which you see some teams do. So yeah. there's a few little things that he's putting in place already that, um, yeah, good trying to get the team spirit going, trying to get everyone on the same same page. And, yes, it's good to see. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. So second half, um, Lerma had a shot easily saved early doors. Um, Wharton had a shot just wide, um, you know, not far away. It was a good effort from distance. Um, we see the first substitutions on 66 minutes for Ahamada and Franca uh, come on for Wharton and Edouard. I think Wharton was on the yellow card. Um, some would say he was um, a tad fortunate to stay on because there was another incident where he was a little bit late. And I thought the young referee, Lewis Smith, handled it really, really well. Um, if it had been a Burnley player, I might have been screaming for him to be sent off. But um, he, had a, he called Wharton back, if you notice, that second challenge. And he had a word with him and just said... He probably said to him, if you haven't been booked, you might have had a yellow there, but I'm going to let you off go with that one. And I think that's good refereeing because sometimes these players, they're actually playing for the ball. These aren't, you know, they're not malicious challenges. Um, is, was that the right call on, on Walton yesterday, um, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, just because obviously I watched it back on TV, that that second one where he's gone, obviously, to, to slide for the ball, he does realise halfway through that he's not getting to it. And to be fair, he does pull out. 
He he put he pulls his feet away completely. He just goes in with his knee. Unfortunately, he literally clips the guy. It's 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 never a yellow card. So fair play to the referee there. You know, we we could say you know, but we're getting to this point now in football where as soon as you go into any challenge, apparently it's nearly a yellow card. Well, the guy's pulled out, so it's not a yellow card at all. Referee's done very well there, but I think it's it's very sensible of the manager to go, hey, you know, he's had a couple here. Fans are on his back as well because of the rivalry between Blackburn and Burnley. Let's let's just pull him off and, and save him and get him fresh, ready for Tottenham. Excellent. Paul? Yeah, I think he was a bit lucky, to be honest. He, as, as Aaron said, he, d- he definitely pulled out. He knew he wasn't going to make it. But if you, it's all about consistency. If you think back to what Jordan Ayew was sent off against Liverpool for, uh, I mean, that, that mm. was fucking all day long yesterday, if, if Jordan was anything to go by. Yeah. And again, if it had been the other way, I think he was a little bit fortunate, to be honest. It was He did go to ground. He did take the player out, whether he's stopping or not. So I don't think we could have complained too much if he had got a second yellow. Yeah, OK, but he didn't. Um, Nick, did you want to come in there? Only, only to say that not only did he, you're right, Aaron, he did pull out, okay, but in his follow through, the guy actually went down and so did the guy behind him. Did you see actually? It's as though he swiped two players out in one, one attempt. But it was just, I thought it was just quite comical. But, but good good management, Fergus, to take him off on 66 minutes when he's on a yellow like that and he's had a warning, do you think? Uh, in hindsight, yeah. I mean, cause it's still nil nil at the time, wasn't it? It was. He's yeah. probably one of our most creative players, but but yes, I do I do think he it was a red card way to happen. Um, I think the first yellow was a little bit, you know, harsh yeah, on him. I very think harsh. it was a yellow, and that's probably why the ref just had a quiet word in his ear and said, "Look, you know, one more time, and you're off." But um, yeah, good game management, uh, and it was. It was good to see a Hamada come on and almost within a minute of him coming on, I think it was even 30 seconds, he'd had a shot at goal and forced Trafford into a save. So, um, yeah, it's looking good. It's looking good on midfield and we've still got all our best players to come back. So Indeed. Mark Callahan, I'm not going to read your comment out, but uh, it did make me chuckle, my friends. So thank you for that. Um, there we go. There's his comment. Right. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. So, 66 minutes. Um, we've got uh, Amada and Franta on for Wharton and Edward. Um, Amada had an immediate impact, didn't he? Because he had a shot that was uh saved, it went out for a corner. And it was that corner you can't really say we scored from a corner because it was the second phase of the corner. But look, do you know, at the moment, I'll take it. So, uh, the, corner, <laughs> the corner comes in, it gets cleared out. Uh, gets played out to Amada actually again. He plays it wide for Ayo, who pings the ball into the box for Richards at the back post to to, to stoop low to head past their keeper for one nil. Uh, and apparently, um, uh, Glasner was seen to mouth to the bench saying back post, back post. In as much as they'd probably working on that routine a little bit um, in the, in the days um, prior to that. But um, decent goal, Ferg. You know, pleased with that, of course. Yeah, a place for Chris Richards, first goal for the, for the club. But, um, yeah, it was just nice to see a cross come in, a decent cross um, from Ayu. I thought he was outstanding again yesterday. And um, I can't, I think, was it Munoz that missed it? I don't, know, I don't know if it was Munoz that just missed it. And then Chris Richards was behind him. Um, yeah, and it was good to see, like, you know, our defenders up there attacking the ball at, um, at corners. So, um yeah, great finish. Really pleased. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff, Nick. 
Yeah, on the uh, on that first goal, is if any of you has been on Twitter today, look up Richard Kingdom's video that he put up there. It was quite amusing. There were a couple of expletives on it before you do go on to it. He said, "Why don't we put somebody on the near post with that?" The ball goes over the top of the mall. Okay, to the back post where uh, Richard's and heads it in. It was quite a, quite a comical moment, if you like. Richard Kingdom yeah. on Twitter. Have a look at it, guys. Good, 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 excellent. Yeah, so we're one nil up. Um, uh, and then, you know, we're, we're back on the front foot quickly after that. Mitchell Mitchell feeds uh, Franza, uh, one of the subs. He, he's crossed the ball low for Ayu to score the second on the 71st minute. Um, uh, lack of celebration from Jordan Ayu. What, why do we think that Jordan Ayu didn't celebrate? He doesn't look he doesn't look happy at the best of times, does he, Jordan Ayu? You know, so he's just got to make it 2-0. And he looks as miserable as sin. Um, thoughts on that one, Aaron? I, I reckon he's probably thinking like I did because when I was watching it on TV, I know you boys were in the ground, but I'm sitting there thinking Mateta's offside here. I think he's probably thinking the same. That's why he probably hasn't ran off and celebrated. But yeah, um, luckily when they drew the lines, he he, he was uh, Mateta was just onside. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's Jordan Ayew, isn't it? He's a he's a mystery that man. But um, that could be the only thing that I can think of. I haven't seen the lines being drawn, actually. I don't think they showed them on Match of the Day. But, um, um, Paul, it lasted for an eternity in the stadium, didn't it, the Varchek? Three minutes, something like that, Paul? It was a long time, yeah. Um, again, as we said before, VAR's job now seems to be find a reason to rule out any goal that's scored. And um, it, it's... it's it, the offside one is a tough one because it wasn't, it wasn't to do with whether he was offside. He clearly wasn't. But I don't think they were looking for that because... There was, I don't know if people watch the, the mic'd up show on Sky where Howard Webb goes on and explains all the refereeing decisions. And they were quite, they're quite, it's quite interesting sometimes. It's a bit of a uh, excuse fest other times. But they were talking about the goal the other week that was scored when um, the offside guy was fouled. And they were saying, you're not, if you're in an offside position, you're not actually offside. You might be standing there, but you're not committing the offence. And I think this is the problem, this new subjective offside rule they've got. So Mateta, although he didn't touch the ball, if he had been offside, because he hasn't touched the ball, he's not technically interfering. It shouldn't matter. But because he's there, he might have made the goalkeeper think, well, he's going to get it. I've got to dive this way. So the fact that he was onside saved all the problems. But if he if he had been offside, they'd have then had to go on and check the screen and had to see, well, has he affected someone? A bit like the Carlin Cup game today. There was a very similar thing in there today. But as I say, luckily he wasn't offside, so there was not the debate. But why it took so long, as you say, it takes these long to draw the lines these days, which is... Which is craziness, but and what we're calling this technically offside is that the term they're using? Technical offside or subjective offside? So, yeah, as you say, because the the rule now these days is even if you're standing offside, you're not actually offside unless you're interfering with play. So it, it opens up so many cans of worms. It's it's crazy. crazy. You, you'll get all the inconsistencies because one week you'll you won't be deemed interfering, and one week you will. So that rule has got to change, hasn't it, um, Nick? Yeah, the VAR, in actual fact, there was three, three VARs yesterday, and they equated for the 12 minutes of any time at the end of the game. There you go. Uh, Fred just put it in there. Well done, Fred. You, uh, I literally just beat you to it. I didn't know that was coming up. But there you go. That 12 minutes was all down to the VAR decisions. Far too long. Far too long. Yeah. Well, that and the goal, that and the goal celebrations, which took a little while, maybe. Um, but yeah, um, so we're, we're 2-0, um, VAR delay. Um, it, sort of when you when you get a VAR decision in your favour, you, sort of, you almost celebrate twice, don't you, in the ground? You know, Fergus, do you celebrate twice when we get a VAR decision? Is, is that, you know, punch the air again? The, sec- 
the second one's more subdued. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you do, don't you? I think it's yeah. it's celebrate it's relief. I think rather than uh, celebrating the goal again, it's like um, you need to be oh a bit God, careful in that upper tier, don't you? You need to be a bit careful in that upper tier because if you celebrate too much, you go flying. Then it's a long way down, isn't it? Yeah, it is a long way down. Yeah, yeah. Stop. I've nearly done that a couple of times. To be fair. <laughs> I can just imagine. Yeah. Just imagine. Goodness me. Okay, so um, you know, it's not it's not too much longer, is it? Before we're three nil in front, and uh, the third goal, France carries the ball well. We've seen him do this before. We've seen him carry the ball distances during a game. And he's done it this time. He's carried it out quite a long way. And um, I couldn't help thinking, especially when I've seen it back, he should have passed, shouldn't he? Instead of taking it on himself, trying to go round the defender. As you said earlier, Paul, I think, he had two or three players to his right. Mm. Should he have passed? Aaron, first of all, you're watching on TV. Should he have passed the ball? 100%. 100% he should have passed it. Um yeah, he's. I mean, sorry for the like, I can't. I, was it JP waiting and was it Lerma or I or, or one of them, something like that? Yeah, but, you know, yeah. they were waiting. They were clear open. So yeah, it, it would have been a tap in. He definitely should have passed. But he's taking him on. And while we're on VAR, um, I don't know. I can't remember how long the penalty check was in the ground, but that is a clear and obvious penalty if, as well. If I've ever seen it, I know he should have passed. But still, the guy hasn't even gone nowhere near the ball, and he's wiped him out. So I don't understand how it takes that long to check a penalty. That is the most clear and obvious day of a penalty for me, um, seeing it back live. But, um, yeah, how long in the ground? That must have been agonising. Did you not think it was a a tad harsh? I mean, it was a foul. So, you know, you can't argue that it wasn't a penalty. But it was soft, wasn't it, Fergus, do you think? What, the penalty was soft? No. Yeah. No, no, no way. No, I think uh, he, he, he did make an attempt to play the ball, but he didn't get anywhere near it. And it yeah, took Francis down. So, um, yeah, no, def- definite penalty for me. Francis's impact when he came on was, you know, it's pretty good. And should he have passed it? Probably. But I bet the instructions that he was given by Glasner when he went on was to, yeah. you know, put your head down and run at their defenders because, you know, they, they were poor at the back burner. Um, yeah. So yeah, he glad- injected a bit of pace. Yeah, it was a, it was one of those subs when it that brought him down. But um, Mark Callahan agrees with me. Very soft pen. Uh, you know, not to say it wasn't a penalty, but I just think it was a bit of a soft one, really. And you know, you can't argue that you know, the referee, on, especially on field decision given, if that's not given, Paul Gear, if the referee doesn't see it in the same way as he saw it, and it's not given, does VAR intervene and overturn that? Do you think? It depends who's on the VAR. If it was, uh, <laughs> if you saw the the penalty that Diego Jota got for Liverpool a few weeks ago against Newcastle, where he had his heel brushed by a toenail and got the penalty, then yeah, it is. And it's one it's one of those that would be given in the centre circle. And we we sometimes say, oh, things aren't given in the box that would be outside. Whatever that that was, it was a foul at the end of the day. And I mean, the thing I liked about it is he drove at them. And as we say, yeah, he had a couple of options to pass it, but he's he's obviously confident. He's flying. He wants to go for it. I mean, he was very upset. He was trying to wrestle the ball off Mateta to take the penalty. He which, was. I was going to come to that. Which yeah, is probably yeah. probably a bit early for him. I mean, we want to finish the game off before and all that. So it, yeah, he wants to score, which is great to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately he will he will learn <laughs> as he gets the rawness of him. He will learn in that situation. Yeah, knock it off to someone who's going to tap it in. So it's all part of his learning process. Thank you, Nick. 
Yeah, Tim Fubar's just uh, said something in the chat, and it was uh, mentioned on socials yesterday. That drive of Francis to win the penalty, did it remind you of anybody in his younger days? It reminded you yeah, of Will Zaha. It reminded you of Will Zaha driving into the box and winning a penalty. And then, as I was about to make that point, Tim Fubar made the same, exactly the same point. And it was mentioned on lots of socials yesterday as well. It was very reminiscent of Wolf in his younger days. Trying to drive in and win the penalty. Absolutely, yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. And of course, um, Paul, you said, yeah, um, he picks the ball up, thinking I've been fouled. I'm going to take the penalty myself. JP's having none of it uh, and grabs <laughs> it off him. Um, right decision, probably, wasn't it? Um, Fergus, do you think JP getting the spot kick? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's he's our he's, well, he's our striker on the park, isn't he? So he's got that. And I would imagine this discussion before the game kicks off as to who the penalty taker is. Yeah, I would have been very... I did feel though, a little bit, but (laughs) here we go. I would have been very surprised if someone as capable as Oliver Glasner has not appointed a penalty taker and a second penalty taker if that player's off the pitch. You know, that's the kind of detail you need to get right, don't you, and be clear about it. Um, And and I don't think players... We have a set piece taker, don't we? Uh, a coach. Yeah, well, so, we've got two apparently. There's two set yeah, piece coaches. So, um, yeah, so I'd imagine penalties fall into that category. So they will do. They will um, do for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen other teams, you know, change their penalty taker throughout the season this year in the Premier League, which is a bit confusing if you're playing FPL and you want to bank on penalty takers. But um, you know, I think in the absence of uh, Eze and Elise, JP was probably the right person. And who's to say? Now he's scored that one. He doesn't stay on them if he's on the pitch. You know, why not? You know, because, as you say, he's a striker. He knows where the goal is. And it was a good penalty, wasn't it? You know, to the keeper's left, um, right. There wasn't, you know, high, wasn't a high high, but it was a decent pen. I think if he'd gone the right way, he, he probably wouldn't have saved that. Would he, Paul, do you think? No, no, probably. It was, it was well taken. It was, um, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, as you, as you said earlier, some managers are quite happy for the, the most confident player on the pitch to grab the one, take it. I've always been a firm believer, and I'd like to think that's got to be pre-planned. You, you've got, you know, who your best penalty taker is, as you say. You know your next one, and that that you stick to that, barring any freak injuries, because it's just it's it's right. If, if you don't let the main 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 man take it and you miss, then it, it starts to cause problems. So, no, Mateta is currently the uh, the penalty taker, so he had to take it. Very good, Nick. We we, we need to move on from this game in a minute, but yeah, you, you make quick point. I've got, yeah, I've got lots of stuff in the chat we'll do in a minute, but it's uh, the business with France and Mateta and the ball and, and the, who's going to take it reminded me of Luca and Benteke. Do you remember that that day down at Homesdale that time? Uh, when yeah. there's a, a rug on it. Anyway, I'll leave it to you. Good. Well, look, um, you know, that, the other thing that we do need to quickly mention is that they Burnley did have the ball in the back of the net um, on 87 minutes, uh, and that was ruled uh, for a technical offside, um, ruled out rather for a technical offside. Um, much to the, the the amusement, I think, for most of the Palace fans in the ground by this stage. And Burnley fans have given up. They probably didn't care either. Um, so it probably didn't matter um, too much about the decision. Um, I see Johnston was pretty upset. He kicked the ball into the net. So his, his clean sheet had gone. So he was relieved. Um, and I just I want to um, just uh, own up to the fact that in fantasy, I have owned Sam Johnston for a long time, but I sold him before before the Everton game. So you can thank me for him getting his place back and getting a clean sheet yesterday. 
because he's not in my fantasy squad anymore. But uh, I could have done with his six points yesterday for sure. Um, so three uh, one the game. Sorry, three nil rather the game finished. Uh, we get Tompkins on in stoppage time, ninety first minute, and Ozo for you on ninety nine minutes um, in the twelve minutes of stoppage time that we had that we touched on earlier. Anderson, is he going to be okay? Anyone heard anything about him? Why he went off yesterday? Yeah, he said he said he had cramp, so they just took him off. Okay, yeah, and you know, three nil, Tomkins, he can come on and run about for a bit, can't he, and, and do a job. For, for, for there we are, good. Okay, thanks guys for that. Um, let's have a quick look at the stats, the final stats of the game, Lucy. If we may get those up on the screen, and um, Fergus, do you want to just talk us through these very quickly, please? Yeah, possession 56-44, which actually is a surprise for me because it just felt like Burnley very rarely had the ball. They had a little flow towards the end of the game. But, um, yeah, kind of 56-44. Yeah, flat as Burnley. Uh, 15 shots to their two. I think their first shot was, well, it was quite late in the game and the Burnley fans started singing, We've had a shot. We've had a shot. So, um, yeah, long way to travel to see one shot at goal, but they managed two. Um, oh, oh, no, they didn't manage any on target. They were both wide, weren't they? Six on target, zero, Burnley. Twelve corners to their three. Eight fouls to their 13. Mm. Yeah, so, um, cool. yeah, go on in, Karen. Yes, you're saying we still haven't scored from a corner. Not directly, no. anyway, so... There we go. That stat will change, I am sure, in the a not too distant future. Um, after the game, um, Oliver Glasner said some stuff. Aaron, um, you're going to take us through some of his post-match comments now. That's all right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there was there was just some things to pick out. I'm, I'm not going to analyse completely everything, but in terms of his. Um, he, he really likes the unity around Selhurst. He's made that completely clear. Um, that And that, that one was for the fans. He's very, um, I don't want to say the word here, but he, he he's more about, as, as I think as you've said before, Ian, putting it more on the team and his staff and everyone else. He says that victory wasn't for him. And he actually did pay tribute to Roy in that post-match uh, post conference as well saying, you know, that that was Roy's team and that he hasn't, you know, he's only had three days with them as, as he keeps reiterating as well. Um, so that's that's a good little thing to put in there, you know, paying tribute to the former manager. One thing he did, he does do, which uh, Roy uh, doesn't do, which uh, me and Nick discussed in, in big detail yesterday was he praised the youngsters a lot, especially the boys coming off the bench. Um, what he had to say about the boys, uh, um, Ahamada, especially Francer as well, you know, he said he pulled him aside for a chat this week and uh, said, I want you to start taking uh, more one-on-ones on, you know, kind of free the shackles per se. Um, you know, he says, I don't want you, um, you know, being scared to take someone on, so do it. So, you know, that might be a thing for the penalty. You know, who knows? He was trying to take him on and get his shot away. Um, and in terms of he, he's more about the, the way that we improve um, as a playing unit, you know, more as a team. He kept referring to the word as a team. Um, and and the, the result was important to him yesterday, but he wants to see us change the way we play now. He, he's, he's not overly bored. He wants as many points as, as we can get before the end of the season, but um, to improve the way we play. And you could definitely see that yesterday, as, as, as I said, in terms of, I don't know how it felt inside the ground, but the way that they pressed from the first minute, um, 
We never do that under Roy, and, and we all know we like to concede goals in the first minutes of, of, of half. So um, he, he made them press hard and, and go and get the ball and, and, and win it. And, you know, they hardly had the ball for the first 10 minutes. So, um, but yeah, there's there's definitely some um, some stuff. And as well as that, he they analysed the way that, that Burnley play. Um, that, that definitely felt like something that he's, you know, he and his staff are going to do. You know, he did say that, they were look. They they were they were very compact. So he wanted to hit them out wide and in behind as well. And you could see from Joachim Anderson yesterday that he was just pinging balls to try and get in behind and wide all day long. So you can see that he that him and his staff have definitely had an impact on the way that they played yesterday. Um, it was a huge improvement. I know it's only ten man Burnley, but there's still a huge improvement there. His um, references, uh, as Jonathan Cooks just said, to is it. David Copperfield, something like that, uh, definitely entertained a few of the of the press. Um, but yeah, and uh, I think his last uh, comment definitely got me, especially for you lads uh, over there. He said, uh, "The fans can now enjoy one beer, if not many more." So uh, yeah, he's, right. he's he's definitely he's definitely got a bit of uh, enthusiasm, and uh, he's uh, yeah, he's I, I think he's going to be good for the club. I saw I saw a tweet um, from. Um, somebody called Beth who goes to a lot of away games, comes up from the West Country. And she said, did he also say I could get a kebab as well tonight? <laughs> Which, <made me> smile. <laughs> Which was really good. Paul, come in. What was it like? Aaron said, you know, did we get that feeling in the ground? Did you get that feeling in the ground? From what Yeah, I, I, I was quite surprised because, um, yeah, you could definitely tell there was a shift. There was, as you say, you can just see from Lerma when he won the ball for the red card. There was definitely more pressing. There was definitely more intent, definitely more front foot. But I was quite surprised in that because he's also said, which I was, I think it's probably a good way forward. He said he wants to do things step by step. He said he actually said, I'm not going to have this team chasing around the whole pitch, doing everything, hassling everyone. We're going to get to that gradually because they're not, they haven't been doing that. They're not used to it. So it's quite interesting to see how he's going to try and sort of bring things in gradually and slowly. He's, he's also said he doesn't want to overload people with information. So he's not just going to bomb everyone with all the stuff. He's going to take it in. And then we're going to probably use the rest of the season to get to where he wants for the start of next season. Another interesting change I saw he made, um, I read today from one of the journalists that covers Palace, is apparently his his plan is uh, the players will come in on the Sunday for the, the warm-down yeah. training and have the Monday off, rather than yeah. Roy, who was the other way around. He, he gave him the day off after a game. So it's it's going to be an interesting culture shock for the players, which I think they're probably going to welcome, to be honest. If they get results, they'll welcome it. But it's going to be, it's the new methods that are coming in, I think can only be a good thing. Absolutely. So the results yesterday at Sellers Park left Crystal Palace 13th in the Premier League on 28 points um, after 26 games played um, with 12 to go. Eight points clear of the relegation zone. Um, Nick, uh, are you less worried now about relegation than you were seven, ten days ago? Okay, so I've had a look, look at that. In fact, I know we're going to come on to the fixtures later on and, and rightly so. I've had a look at it and to see what the others need to do more and more importantly. But anyway, we're also still subject to two Everton points deductions, potentially. Um, we're also one for Forest. You've got to say that Burnley and Sheffield have gone. They're, they're sitting there on 13 points. So at least one space available. We've got to play. We've got some, you know, Tony Quinn actually said in the chat earlier on, let's not get carried away with yesterday. We've got a tough fixture against Spurs next week, okay? Um, and it was a 10-man Burnley, a poor 10-man Burnley team. They've gone. Let's, let's cut them out of the equation. Yeah, but yeah, looking at yeah. the fixtures coming up over the next few weeks, you know, we have got some winnable fixtures in there. Now, Bournemouth, 
Forest, Luton. Um, so there's there is plenty. I mean, they're going to be looking at Tottenham is probably a, a, a an unlikely one. Newcastle, maybe we can lick a point out there. City is obviously a dead rubber, um, but there is there is plenty of points there. Um, I actually bear in mind. I was ridiculed for being saying 17th at the beginning of the season. Well, up until the, the uh, passing of the ways last week, and by the way, somebody else has also said in the chat, um, it was Paul Holden said, any news on Roy Hodgson and his and his welfare? And there hasn't been, um, unless anybody else knows any different. Uh, I said 17th. I'm now going to readjust that and say we're going to end up 15th. <laughs> Oh, I love your half glass, uh, glass <laughs> half empty uh, approach to this. Uh, balances it out with some of the rest of us, so, so that's all good. Um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, I, and I just think that we are feeling slightly better about ourselves, aren't we? You know, after yesterday, a um, lot more positive. Um, and you know, as as, as Oliver Glasner said, you know, he wouldn't have joined Crystal Palace if he thought we were going to get relegated. He wouldn't have taken this project on, as he calls it. Um, and he's been talking to us for, for a long time. You know, this isn't something that's happened in the last fortnight. You know, he started talking to Palace last autumn, you know, with a view initially to taking over next summer. Um, but Roy's illness and our league position and the feeling around the club, the toxicity, toxicity easy for me to say, around the club, has probably forced Steve Parrish and the other uh, board members to take the decision to, to bring this appointment forward to where we are now um so um i think we are feeling a lot more positive now we go to spurs next um we've we've sort of uh we just touched on that slightly um paul you've got some stats for us around our, our not so good record against Tottenham hotspur in the premier league in recent times yeah spurs away is a game that we normally uh dread to be honest um but i'm actually feeling a bit more confident than usual which uh is is nice after yesterday but when you actually look at our record there recently uh, it's a bit uh, sobering, to be honest. Since we since we came back up ten years ago, we've uh, we've uh, we've won. We scored one goal away to Spurs in the league, and uh, no Palace fan saw that because it was the COVID year. So we lost four one, and Christian Benteke scored. In the other nine games where Palace fans have been there, we haven't scored a single goal. We've got one point out of the ten games we played. That was a nil nil draw. Uh, so a question for people in the chat: Who was the last person to score a league goal away to Spurs for Crystal Palace, and what year? Is that a challenger for you? Um, but yeah, so first and foremost, it'd be lovely to see us score a goal. As, as we said earlier, we did score and win at White Hart Lane in 2016 in the Cup on the way to the Cup final, the famous Martin Kelly goal. But in terms of league record, there's a shocker. We've been, the fans have been to the new ground four times. I've been to all four. We've lost 1 0, 2 0, 3 0, 4 0. So hopefully that <laughs> will go. If it's going to go, it'll be the 0 0 end of the scale rather than the. Five mil, but yeah, we don't do well there, so it would be nice to get. But this is probably gonna be the first time in a long time we go there and actually have a go, so that, that could be it. And it could play into our hands. Spurs won't have played for two weeks, that could have a could go either way. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be an interesting game, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's not one of our happy hunting grounds, shall we say. So a goal would be nice, a point would be amazing. Um, but yeah, anyone uh, knows when that goal was? I, I was there. I think you probably were as well. Ian. Lots of comments coming through, Paul. Well, uh, I, I think I think I might know the answer to this question, but I'm just going to um, hold fire for a moment, see if the answer comes through in the chat. We've yeah, got Zaha, we've got Salako, we've got AJ. AJ. Facebook user did just get it. So was that AJ? <laughs> yeah, and there it is again. Yeah, AJ. AJ one, one, two thousand four. So that was the last time we scored a league goal there. 
Well, I, I would have got that wrong then because I was going to say Neil Shipley in 1997. So I was. Um, well, that, was last, that was the last time we won there in the league. So yeah, that was the Monday yeah. night. So, yeah, we were that was a Monday there. night, wasn't it? I was yeah, there for that there as well. So, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, so we've got a horrible record away to Tottenham Hotspur in the Premier League, but we go there um, next Saturday, full of renewed enthusiasm and optimism. Um, and we're going to come to predictions um, towards the end of the show, which is very soon now. Um, but one thing I've forgotten to mention, Nick, is the loan watch, which I know you've got for us. So, um, I have indeed. Just, um, yeah, so there is. Uh, we normally we normally do loan watch and other teams, or well, the other teams will take me about three seconds because uh, since our last show, there hasn't been any other games played. Um, but the loan watch is as follows. David Botan came off the bench after 67 minutes for Dundee's 2-1 away loss at Ebonian. Killian Phillips was on the bench for the entire match for Aberdeen, so he didn't play. Owen Goodman played the full match for Colchester, conceded just one goal in a 1-1 draw uh, at Sutton United. Kofi Barmer was not part of the AFC Wimbledon squad. John Kamani Gordon came on uh, off the bench in the 79th minute a 1-0 uh, defeat at Doncaster. Sean Green stayed on the bench for the entire match at Carlisle. Uh, Adamola Ola Adabogi <laughs> placed 57 minutes for Burton Albion in a 2-0 defeat at home. And Teo Adramola played for 77 minutes. And Malcolm Ebiobi uh, stayed on the bench for the entire match as Texters. RWD Molenbeek in a 1-1 draw at home to... Another team. I'm not even going to attempt to read that out. Okay, another team. Um, yeah, when you, you know, I have got a couple of comments from the chat that you might find interesting. Okay, and, and uh, yeah, let's let's carry on with that then, Nick, if we may. Okay, um, you mentioned earlier about the queues in the in the main stadium. Jamie Ch- Chambers said there's loads of queues in the Arthur Waite, and somebody mentioned queues in the Homestead. Apparently, they changed some some of the rulings and sent out emails to the fan base telling people that they had to go to a particular uh, a particular entrance in the ground. I got one saying I had to go to entrance one instead of entrance one to three. Um, Mark Callahan said, Munus certainly was, is more used to the role of wing-back than Mitchell. Uh, Michael Chowdhury says the, pos- the subs were definitely a positive factor yesterday. So well done to the manager for that. And Bruno Brognacchi said... Our set-piece conversion is the lowest in the Premier League. Paul? Uh, just on, on the queues, I think there was a new security uh, team uh, employed yesterday. I know we, I know, I normally go straight in through my turnstile. We know all the people there, but there were definitely new people there and they wanted me to turn up my pockets and all sorts of stuff. So I think whether we've got some new, uh, because of recent events, whether that's new, I know, as you say, the Homesdale, the Blocky, basically were based told to go through a different turn so they could be searched properly because I think obviously they got some stuff in last time they shouldn't have. So I think the whole ground probably suffered from longer searches and longer longer queues getting into the ground yesterday. And um, Nigel Croucher, our Penshaw Eagle, who is normally uh, on the show producing, um, is actually down in the southeast um, at the moment. Uh, Nigel was at the game yesterday. He said he got a good frisking yesterday. Yeah, but he enjoyed that. He liked that. (laughs) All over it, he was. Did he mean for I was just moaning. I said, (laughs) get on with it, get on with it. (laughs) Sorry, I missed that comment. What was that? He said, did he... he, Ferg said, did he mean frisking? (laughs) (laughs) There we go. All good. Right. Um, thank you, Nick. Thank you for that. those comments in the chat. Thanks for everyone that's joining us tonight in the chat. And um, 
don't forget if you you haven't been able to catch it all you can watch this back on on youtube or um or on uh, other links uh, later on after the show when we post them on social media so let's uh, let's talk about next saturday then how we're going to get on um you know we are we've already said we're a little bit more enthusiastic about um and optimistic about going over to north london next weekend so fergus um what about you what do you reckon the score is going to be and you can't say um, two one honest well wolves just beat them two one didn't they yeah it did yeah it did yeah, yeah. so if wolves can do it why can't we so okay sorry Ian, i'm, I'm gonna go for a two one palace okay okay what about down under what do you reckon one one uh, one one, yeah, very very positive, yeah, all good stuff. Um, Paul, well, I suppose Spurs, Spurs are there to be attacked. They, their defense is not the greatest, um, and they like basketball. They go one in, one in the other. So as we're actually going to go there and attack, I'm, I'm quite confident we can get a draw. So I'm going to I'm going to go with Aaron and one one. Yep. Yeah, okay. And Nick, yeah, I'm going to go with Lucy. Lucy just said the same thing in the chat in the uh, chat as well. Uh, new manager bounce one two Palace. So you're, the, you're with Fergus, and I'm going to go with the boys on a one-all. So all of us are going with a positive result, either a win or a draw, uh, which is bonkers, really, isn't it, when you think how uh, poor we've been over there in North London in, in recent times. Um, but there we are. Um, yeah, I, I think we're almost done tonight. Um, one other thing we haven't touched on, of course, um, one of our panellists, Mr Tim Richards, he is uh, on the uh, fan advisory board. Um, he's on representing gold members. There he is, look, you know. Uh, would you trust this man with your questions? For Where is that finger going? I don't yeah. know. I really don't. <laughs> that, um, that's just that's just a classic Tim photo. That if I, if I've yeah. ever seen a Tim photo, that is it. It's coming out of his ear. <laughs> you can you can email Tim your questions. Tim cpfcfab at outlook .com. That's Tim cpfcfab at outlook .com. Clearly, it's an email address he's made up himself for it so uh fair play to him um, and he he's been asked to go to the um premier league headquarters i think to um yes. he's to talk about changes to the game so i'm actually quite jealous of him doing that I'm, i wish i'd got invited to that i'd love to do that that'd be really good so uh good on you tim and we, we we're rooting for you and um, we hope that you're going to represent us so well i know you will um going forward so guys uh um, we're coming to the end of the show. Thank you for joining us, as I said earlier. We are back again next Sunday on the 3rd of March um, after the visit of North London. Are you hosting next week, Nick? I haven't got a clue, mate. Can't remember. Well, I, I think you should, actually. I think you... Nick's back in the hot seat next week, guys. For, um... <laughs> there you go. I, I don't mind being on, but you can host it. We'll, we'll roll reverse next week. Um, so thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, bid you good night and have a very good week uh, supporting Crystal Palace. Uh, and, and thinking about the uh, the result we're going to get in North London next Saturday. Good night. Thanks for joining Bye, us. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.